Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, if you have been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227, or you can go to wengerdministries.org and click GIVE. And again, I've mentioned this before, go and check out the projects that we're working on. There's Awakening Fire, there's Flights for Hope. In fact, we've had, uh, we just had a partner that uh, paid off the, uh, the balance on a gospel truck that we now have in Kenya. And so we're able to go and, and do crusades. We're gonna be doing Awakening Fire uh, campaigns. And so that's exciting for partners to come alongside, to see the vision and say, we wanna be a part of this. Uh, we have partners that are committing to funding the travel through Flights for Hope, and uh, we now have access to our first airplane, and so we are, uh, this is getting off the ground, so to speak, and uh, so it is so exciting to see uh, the, the vision being expanded and, and for partners to be, be able to see this and be um, moved by the Holy Spirit to come alongside us. So I want to say thank you. And the invitation is open. Uh, the, the, the vision is great and the harvest is plentiful. So the, the Lord is asking us to pray for workers to go into the field. And so we're asking you to partner with us to be able to do that. Uh, so the last, my last post was titled, The Promise. And really how all of history points to the promise of God filling each one of us with his power and revelation by his spirit. So if you missed it, take the time to go and listen to it. You will be blessed. So uh, I, I really am excited to hear what God is doing in, in each of your lives. And so if, if you have stories, things you want to want to let us know, contact us, get a hold of our ministry. Let us know what God is doing in your life. I'm going to start out today by asking a question as the title of this message. My question is this, why are you afraid? Now, I know this is making an assumption that you're afraid of something. <laughs> so if you hear that question, you say, I'm not afraid. That's fine. I, I just want to ask the question because I know that at so many times when, when we're not anticipating it, uh, a feeling of fear can rise up. It can be something that we don't anticipate at all. Something comes against us or comes across our path and we, and we, we feel this, this urge of fear. So I, I'm asking the question, not just how you, you sit or how you stand today, but when fear comes across your path, why are you afraid? So what is it that causes fear to rise in our hearts? Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but is it circumstances out of your control in your finances? Is it your own mistakes or failures? Is it health issues that seem to plague you or your family? Is it world events and things happening that you, you can't control? Is it uh, you know the actions of the enemy that you see all around you? Do you find yourself wondering, how is it going to work out? How, how is all of this going to work out? The question is actually directed to every person who, who seems to be resisting God's goodness. Because when we see these things come against us, whether it's against us personally or against um, our country or against the world or against 
uh, groups of people, we tend to think, what is God doing? Why is he not doing something with this? And then doctrines begin to be formed about God doing evil and calling it good. And that is not true. So I wanna, I wanna talk about this. I'm gonna say this again. Why are you afraid? Or what are you afraid of? I read in, in uh, Luke 8, uh, verses 22 through 39, and I was hit by a phrase that was just repeated over and over again. And so I'd like to go through and just read this. Uh, this was actually, I heard it in church on Sunday, and I had already gone, gone through this and, and prepared this message. So when I heard it on Sunday, I was amazed because, again, God is doing so many things, and he wants us to understand his heart for it. So this is uh, a confirmation to me that this is what he wants me to talk about. Now, I'm going to read, uh, starting in verse 22, Luke 8, 22. Now, it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat, that's Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. Do you understand? They were in jeopardy. These, these are fishermen. They knew that their boat was in trouble. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, they, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no, no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, saying, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For he had, it had often seized him, but he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. But he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would per permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the men and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Then they also who had seen it told them by, my, by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might 
might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. I know that's a lot of verses, and I, there's a lot going on in there, but did you get, did you catch the repetition of what happened? Not only with the, the demon-possessed, the story of the demon-possessed man and the village, but with the disciples, all of these things. It wasn't until after Jesus calmed the wind and the waves in verse 24 that, there, and there was a great calm, and it says, they were afraid, and they were afraid. Notice also in verse 35, then, after casting the legion of demons out of the man from the tombs, the people from the towns and villages, they, they came out and they said, what, what, what just happened? And they realized, here's the man that was full of demons. We couldn't keep him bound because he would break the chains. He's sitting, he's clothed in his right mind. He's been restored. And it says, they were afraid. The, and even uh, the phrase that's used, when, when they asked Jesus to leave, to depart from their region, it says, for they were seized with great fear. Why? What were they afraid of? Why did the goodness of God frighten them? What are you afraid of? Why does the goodness of God frighten some Christian people? Most new believers will tell you they, they finally realized that God loved them and they turned toward him for eternal life and forgiveness of sins. In fact, we're even told it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. How can those who have been walking with Jesus find themselves full of fear after he has performed a miracle? Many times this happens in a, in a service or a group of people. Someone comes in with a problem, an issue, and God performs an amazing miracle. There's a healing. There's a restoration. There's a baptism of, of Holy Spirit and fire. There is something that happens and people find themselves afraid. So the answer to this question of what are they afraid of or why are they afraid, the answer is quite simple. They didn't know his heart. Do you understand? Their, their perception in this case was the only reality that they knew. The people that were from the surrounding region, they, they didn't know his heart. The problem that we find ourselves in constantly is that we operate on perception and assumption. We, we make assumptions about God, about our situation, and, and then we believe that and act on it. Keep your heart clear and simply believe God is good. His goodness is pressing toward you continually. In the same way that you cannot pour muddy water out of a, a clear pitcher of pure water, so God simply cannot produce anything bad. There is no muddy water in him. He's pure and clean and holy and righteous. The only thing that can come out of God is holiness and righteousness and goodness and joy and peace. All of the fruits of the Spirit, that's what comes out of God. He cannot give or produce anything bad. It's simply not in the nature of his being. It doesn't exist in him. I read recently, actually, on, on Facebook, uh, there was a post, and, and it, it just said something about, you know, God will bring bad things to break you in order to make you shine. And, and my heart was actually filled with sadness that people are so misled by the lies of religion. If you draw close to Jesus, he will draw close to you. In fact, I heard a, a young man 
just a, a boy was actually talking about something that he heard in 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 their church and he said the the preacher said god brings good things and he brings bad things and and he was he was disturbed by this he said is that true and so i had to answer truthfully from the word of god every good and perfect gift comes from above see god is only good he is in in, in uh, matthew eleven twenty nine says he is gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls in matthew twelve twenty, it says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench see he he brings things to life he cultivates he 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 draws life into things he doesn't bring bad things he doesn't need to see he instructs us and teaches us with his word his word is what we what he uses to to um, go right in and cut deeply into uh, the the very thoughts and intents of our heart he doesn't need to bring negative circumstances N- nor would he ever in any way use like the devil instruct the devil to do anything bad in order to accomplish something jesus came to destroy the works of the devil not to not to uh, try to manipulate them see he doesn't have to he is very adept at doing good things put away everything that you think you know about him open his word with fresh eyes of a child you will find a new and exciting reality begin to happen as you truly get to know him get to know his heart now i want to read a little further here in luke and the words of jesus to jairus the ruler of the synagogue after healing the woman with the issue of blood this is in luke 8 again it's verse 40. Um, i want you to hear and, and i want you to see how jesus instructs him so it was when jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him and behold there there came a man named jairus jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at jesus feet and begged him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying but as he went the multitudes thronged him now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who'd spent all of her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped and jesus said who touched me Then when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason that she had touched him and and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Do you realize when he said, who touched me? He meant who reached out and took what was available to everyone. He said, who who reached out and, and accessed the power that's there? While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid only believe see he was helping the ruler of the synagogue helping him saying i'm going to interrupt this this conversation because someone came and said your daughter's dead in other words it's over there is no hope and jesus said 
do not be afraid, only believe. And she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. So, if you haven't read these stories, this this is an amazing story that I'm sure is is quite interesting to hear. If you've heard the story before, you may say, yeah, I've, I, I know this, I've already heard this. But did you understand? Notice what Jesus did. He was available to all. The woman with the issue of blood reached out and she she. She took of the goodness that was in him. The ruler of the the synagogue, he could have just listened to the bad news. He could have been afraid, but Jesus said, do not be afraid. He even cried out to Jesus saying, help me, help me. I believe, but help me. This is in one of the other, other gospels. But when Jesus said, do not be afraid, only believe, we find this command is actually given quite often in the word when dealing with threatening situations. Even in 1 John 4, uh, do you remember how he describes this? I'm going to read uh, verses 15 to 19. He says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. See, here is this comparison of love and fear, love and fear. God is love, in him is no fear at all. So when we, when we experience fear, we can know truly that God is not in it. God has no use of it. He doesn't, he doesn't perpetrate fear. He never, he never accesses fear. He never gives it. So when there is fear of any kind, being afraid does not come from God. See, John shows very clearly that it is the love of God that draws us to him. And that love must be evident to the people around us. So, are you fearful or are you full of love? If you act the way that Jesus did while he was on the earth, will you find yourself operating in fear or in love? So, when I began uh, this session, I started talking about and asking the question, what are you afraid of? So, if if God presses on your heart, the Holy Spirit says, reach out to this person in love, do you experience fear? Do you experience a bit of a question how this is going to work out? That's the fear that you resist. You say, hmm, Holy Spirit has said, reach out in love. I will not fear. And so you reach out in love and Jesus is able to do exactly what he did to the woman with the issue of blood. He's able to reach out. He's able to, the the power of God is able to heal those who we touch. Have you ever noticed that the only disciples who were with Jesus in the home of uh, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, they were, it was Peter, James, and John. 
These were the same three disciples who were invited by Jesus to the mountain to see his glory and his transfiguration. Out of the all of the disciples, the 12 disciples, and even there was a larger group, there were only three who truly pursued the heart of Jesus to this level. You can read about that for yourself. Read it in Luke 9, uh, verse 28 through 32, I think it is. But this depth of relationship is available to anyone who will pursue him with all of their heart. When we can truly trust him that he's good, we will find that he invites us to the deeper relationship with him that most people miss out on. Let your heart be at rest in him and in his goodness, in his love, joy, peace, all of the fruits of the Spirit. My challenge to you today is to be aware of every time a thought of fear rises up in your heart. Take every thought captive to the Lordship of Jesus. Allow his love to flow through you to those around you. Look for opportunities to be the love of God to others. And do not be afraid. Only believe. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Mm-hmm.